Originally from the suburbs of Chicago, Brendan has spent the last six years in Steubenville, Ohio. He works as a youth minister at Holy Family Church, as well as the Sycamore Youth Center in downtown Steubenville. Brendan is also a member of the Army Reserves as a religious affairs specialist and has been doing so for going on three years. He is the ministry director and the men's ministry coordinator at borndignified.org. This is a Know His Love story. So it's hard to believe considering where I'm at at life now and all the things I'm doing. But for the longest time when I was younger, I really didn't care about God. I was not necessarily someone who didn't believe that he existed, but I was just apathetic towards his existence. And I didn't see him working in my life whatsoever. And growing up, sports was a huge thing to me, especially the sport of football. Um, it was interesting because I was one of those athletes who I was that good on the field that it became my identity. Everything about me was just about being the best football player that I could be. I definitely had this picture for myself of how my life was going to go. This idea that I was going to continue on with football throughout all of high school. I was going to have the college recruiters come out and look at me and get me into some D1 school and then eventually go off and become a pro football player. And with my school that I went to, we had a lot of NFL players that went through it. So it was something that I kind of expected to happen. But of course, when we have expectations, a lot of times God has even greater expectations of us. And so my identity that I built up for myself as an athlete was all of a sudden taken away from me when one day in a football game, I had a pretty severe injury um, and I needed to get two reconstructive hip surgeries from it. And it pretty effectively ended my sports career. And because of that, I ended up having a time where I didn't know who I was anymore because I had spent so much time building up that identity for myself. And so all of a sudden I was lost. I was confused. I was afraid I was alone. And so I tried so hard to focus on finding where I could fill this gap. So I went more towards popularity. I went more towards dating, um, partying, whatever I thought could just fill that hole in my life. But the reality is, is I was just trying to take pebbles and use those pebbles to fill a God-sized hole. And I realized that what was missing was things that could be taken away, no matter whether it was sports, no matter whether it was popularity or any sort of things such as music, anything that people base their identity off of. The reality that I discovered was the fact that those things all are easily taken away from you. And so when you base your identity in those things, but you don't base your identity in God first, then what ends up happening is you lose yourself entirely because those things will be taken away, but God never can be. And so during that time in my life, I saw myself start to spiral downward, start to lose who I was. And others start to see that as I became more angry, as I became more frustrated with things going on in my life, and so I began to focus more on having people like me. But in fact, what ended up happening was they started to dislike who I was becoming. And so I was going through confirmation that year as well. And for the grace of God, I had an organization come in to do my confirmation retreat called Net Ministries. And they ran our confirmation retreat um, towards the very end of my freshman year of high school. Um, and during prayer time at that retreat, 
I remember I had just gone through another breakup, another time of trying to focus on finding ways that people could love me. And as I sat there in prayer time, the song came on by Misty Edwards called Arms Wide Open. And that song just begins right off the bat by saying, what does love look like is the question I've been pondering. And so then it goes on a little later to say, I once believed love was romance, just a chance. I thought that love was for the lucky and for the beautiful. I once believed that love was momentary bliss, but love is more than this. All you ever wanted was my attention. All you ever wanted was love for me. And so that goes on a little later on to the chorus line. And it says, he had arms wide open, heart exposed. Arms wide open and he was bleeding. Love's definition was looking at me. And so that moment I realized I've been looking in all the wrong places. I've been looking for that momentary bliss that the song had talked about. The love that I actually needed, the love that was permanently there was Jesus Christ. Because I didn't need people to go off and tell me, you're a great athlete, you're a popular kid. Those affirmations were great. But the greatest affirmation that I ever could receive was the affirmation of Jesus saying that I was worth him dying on the cross for. And so in that moment, my heart just burst open to his love and he just filled it in as much as I could ever experience in my life. And the reality is, is all those things that I've been trying to focus on, the popularity, the dating, the partying, all those things made me feel great for a moment. It was just that momentary bliss. But then what has filled me up ever since that moment and has continued to fill me up is Jesus' love. It is what stays there because we can allow ourselves to become athletes, become these musicians, become a rich, famous person, but those are so easily taken away from you and you'll never bring those to the grave. But the one thing that you'll always have with you all the way into eternity is Jesus Christ. Yeah, so I think that in many senses, when we talk about being a beloved son or daughter of God, number one, the key word of beloved, it shows something that a lot of other things can't show in this life. I know for a fact that I've had a lot of coaches, a lot of mentors that they say to me, oh, you're my favorite. I love having you around. But when we talk about beloved, when we talk about breaking down that word into be loved, we see that there's a greater reality because to be loved means that in every single moment we're being chosen. And Jesus Christ chooses us so many times. We see that he chose us through creation, through the reality of the incarnation when the word became flesh, through him choosing to die on the cross for us. As we know from John 3.16, God sent his only son to die for us. We know that God the Father wants to embrace us in such a new and beautiful way every single moment. And so we could never fully understand how amazing that is because in human terms, we will never be able to love with that grave of capacity. And so when we see that love enter into our lives, we come to realize that we're called to be embraced by that love. It's something that needs to envelop us entirely. And what it means specifically to me to be a beloved child of God means that no matter what, I know that there is someone 
that is greater. And it's not a something, it is a someone that is greater than anything else on this earth. And that when I turn to him, when I allow him to embrace me with those loving arms, that I'll find peace, I'll find hope, I will have faith in him, there is nothing that will ever overcome me on this earth. And so I know because of who God is, that I am his, and there's nothing that will ever, ever be greater than him. You know, I definitely have to say that some of the amazing ways that God shows his love for me is number one, just through his church. I often say that you cannot truly embrace a Christian experience without the Christian church. The reality is that Catholic meaning universal means we're all called together to be one people in God's name. And God works through the church, through individual people, through the broader church, and through the sacraments that he has entrusted to the church. So that way we know that we're taken care of and he can choose to spread his grace into our hearts through that instrument of the church. And so I think number one, the greatest way that God shows his personal love to me is through the fellowship that he's provided for all of us. As we know through um, Acts 2.42, we're all called into Christian fellowship. Um, we see that we ourselves are called to follow um, what the apostles wrote when they said they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. And we see all that through the church and especially that fellowship aspect, whether it's someone that comes up to me when maybe I'm having a rough day and they just talk it out with me. Or for example, I'm in the process of moving across town right now. And without even hesitating, I had four or five friends offer to come help me move, which by the way, I think that is a huge, huge way of uh, showing God's love because no one wants to ever help anyone move. Um, but I definitely think that um, the different ways other people can just show God's face to you and be God's hands to you that is so crucial because God's made us into his vessels to carry his love to the world. And when we aren't experiencing God through another person, then we aren't experiencing the church whatsoever. Um, another really important thing for me too is prayer. I don't think that I can emphasize this one enough. The reality is, is that you can go to church. You can have an amazing time with other people, with your friends at church. You can go and be entertained by music or by the great messages and stories. But if you aren't praying on your own outside of Sunday church, then you aren't truly having a faith life because a faith life is a personal relationship. And so if you don't have that personal relationship with Jesus on a daily basis, if you don't make him your best friend, if you aren't praying, if you aren't speaking to him every day, then what you have is a hobby. The faith isn't a hobby. The faith is a personal reality. It's something that we're all called to have. And yes, it's something that we all share in together, but it's not like going to a country music concert. It's not like going off to a sports game. The faith itself is something that we're all called to encounter. And Jesus Christ is waiting for you. And he wants each and every one of you to run to him because he's sitting there waiting with open arms. And so it begins first and foremost with a prayer life. 
whether it's reading scripture or whether it's just talking to him about what's going on in your life. It's so important that you have a daily prayer life going for you because his love will reflect to you through that. I think this kind of is a little bit more towards not only just myself when I was younger, but something I see every single day with teens I work with, whether it's here in Steubenville or different places I've traveled. One of the things that I've noticed a lot of times with young people is they don't see God as a personal God. And the reason for that is because of the fact that he's not something that we see evidently every single day. It's very hard when someone is not visibly in front of us in every single moment to have that relationship. And yes, we do see him present very visibly through the church, through sacraments. However, it's something that we still don't always have the opportunity to visibly see. And so my best advice for everyone out there is that you have to remember that God is a romantic. The reality is, is that when we have these warm, fuzzy, tingly feelings, yes, that's a beautiful part of having a spiritual encounter. But spiritual encounters aren't about the warm, fuzzy, tingly feelings. That may be something that comes along with it. But a spiritual encounter doesn't necessarily have to be about having those feelings. Mother Teresa, of course, is one of the greatest saints of the 20th century. And we saw her um, perform various works of mercy that touched lives of so many different people. But what a lot of people seem to forget is that Mother Teresa herself even spoke about how she had such a dryness in prayer for most of her life. And it doesn't mean that she didn't have any sort of spiritual sense. It doesn't mean that she didn't encounter Jesus every single day. But what actually meant is that those emotions that are necessarily associated with faith, she wasn't having those emotions. And so when we go off to conferences, when we go off to retreats, a lot of times we have those emotions. And it's because of the fact that God as a romantic wants us to feel those things as a way where we can have an emotional realization that there's something greater there. I know that a lot of times um, people will associate things such as chocolate um, as being something that can make you happy. Um, and so if you imagine that those emotions are kind of like an emotional chocolate that calls you onto something greater, onto something deeper, then that's what those feelings are when you have those in spiritual encounters. And so if you aren't experiencing those emotional encounters during your prayer life, it doesn't mean that God's not there. It doesn't mean that he's not present. It doesn't mean that he doesn't care. It just means that in that moment, God doesn't think that you necessarily need to have those emotional encounters because he knows that you have a spiritual life that is continuing to grow with or without those encounters. And if we continue to have those emotional encounters 24-7, we feel the warm, fuzzy, tingly feelings, then we're going to become numb to them eventually. We're going to be used to it so much. And so when you see a marriage and you see that when they're first married, they're all excited. They always have that warm, fuzzy, tingly feeling. But then eventually it fades, except for when the marriage needs to be spiced up again, when they need to have those feelings of love again then it becomes more romantic and those feelings return. That's where a relationship is with God. 
he allows us to feel those warm, fuzzy, tingly feelings when we need it, when he knows that we need to have something that brings us closer together with him. And so he chooses on those moments, whether it's retreats or conferences, or even just hearing a song on the radio, he allows us to have those moments, but then he also allows us to have the times where we don't have those moments because of the fact that he doesn't want us to necessarily rely on those emotions. A spiritual life is about more than the physical. It's about more than the emotional. A spiritual life is about something greater, something that doesn't rely on our bodily presence, but relies wholly on the spirit. And so my advice is don't be discouraged if you don't always feel the presence of God. Don't allow yourself to become apathetic if you don't know with certainty that he's there. Because what comes eventually is a certainty that God does love you even when you don't feel him. So if you are struggling with not knowing that God's there because you don't emotionally feel him, then search past the emotions. Search to what's greater. Search to your own spirit because that and only that is where you will find Jesus Christ truly present 24 seven. Thank you for listening to Brendan's story. I would love to share your story as well. Please connect with us on social media or by clicking on the join us link at knowhis.love.